seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the door. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit, whoa. Welcome to the newest episode of The Hopeless Show, because we're doing it right now. I am Aaron, this is Rohit, and we have a show today that is extra nutty for a number of reasons. We're going to be, the the news from the quarantine is going to surprise you right off the bat, and then what we get into, there are some things that we have some direct connections to that are in the news and that have been going on in the world and country and stuff that are just mind-blowing so we will get into all of that and a little what do they call it when row it when you when you uh gather information like as a group scrape oh no for like what's to come like you're Uh, like uh, we're doing some like the work data analysis yeah, that's not at all what I'm thinking. Forecasting? Of, we, we're like gathering information for, you know, like, not like cleaning house, but we're gathering all this information, doing house, I guess housekeeping, house, housekeeping. Sure. That's kind of it. Some housekeeping. <laughs> that took a while. Some, some housekeeping for the show is we have a couple guests coming up that we're really excited about. One actually was going to be on today, but he's going to be on the next episode. And uh, we won't we won't spoil it yet, but there are some... Uh, we have a famous... It's Barack author. Obama. Oh, you did it. You gave it away. Okay, Shit. so let's keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, news from the quarantine. Rohit. Ooh, yeah. So, uh, I had COVID. And yes, you did. Yeah, it was what do they call it? breakthrough cases? So, you know, I got I got the only the most premium um mm. Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And uh, you know, the, the good old single shot back in I think March. And, you know, just living my life, doing my thing, following the rules. And then um I'm like eating a burger uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'm like why does this burger taste like anything? And I had hot sauce. I'm like, why doesn't this hot sauce taste like anything? And then I'm like, I guess I have kind of had a scratchy throat. No, 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 no. That's that's impossible. So I went to um, get tested and, you know, got a PCR test for free at Same Day Health, available, you know, in many cities across the United States. And yeah, I got a test. My PCR came back positive. And I was like, what? I have COVID? And then I went back again the next day to, to, to retest it. Just, you know, sometimes false positives can happen. You know, it's like a 3 to 14% rate on a PCR test and a false positives. Took it again and said, yep, you have it. And the odds of a double false positive are like literally almost impossible. Um, so I had COVID. I had to then contact my uh, coworkers that I was at a happy hour with and then... Um, Ends up, I might have gotten it from a work thing. We don't know. Possibly. Um, you know, there's stuff that's going around. And ends up, I quarantined for like 11 days. Um, 
and uh, didn't see a human, no contact, you know, outside of my partner. And even then wearing masks in the house, which was kind of funny. And yeah, I got a couple clean COVID tests uh, this week and all good to re-enter the world. But it's just weird. And my, so my taste is like 75% back at this point. Um, I've generally always been called a tasteless person, but at least the taste <laughs> in my mouth is back. And it's just kind of weird. I feel tainted, Aaron. I feel like now I've borne the mark of COVID and it's a stain I may carry with me throughout my life. Well, join the stain club because I've had it too and never talked about it on the show, I don't think. But I've had COVID not once, but I believe twice because I had the original long time ago and then the Delta. And the Delta lasted for like a day for me because I already had COVID. But... I believe we did everything right. You did everything right. You've been going about your life in a good way. You're a great Samaritan. Uh, Not just good. Great, no, you're great. You're fantastic. And you got something that a lot of, that much of the country will end up getting in some fashion or has. And you did it the right way. So I just commend you. You you did everything right. You you're definitely tasteless. So I don't even understand why they ever thought you would have taste. And uh, I, I anyway, congratulations on making it through. This is why you get vaccinated because then your case is only you know if you hadn't been vaccinated, you could be in the hospital right now or even yeah, dead. It, it would have been pretty ugly. And like, have you guys ever, have you ever seen the picture of like lungs after COVID? Like health, they're like pre and pre and post. It looks like, like going from like a nice like cut of like a ribeye from the pre, and then after it looks like dog food, dog food, Swiss cheese. It's like it's scary, and it's not like your lungs can grow back uh, or heal. Um, Maybe yours can't. I got regrowing lungs. God, good for you. Good for you. you, Aaron. But congrats on getting through it. Yeah, and thank you. Doing doing COVID the right way. Yeah, and as a result, I had to sell my Rolling Stones tickets. But you went to the show. How was it? You did, you did, and I did. It was so, uh, yeah, good timing with your COVID, idiot. <laughs> I'm a COVID idiot. <laughs> good one. Uh, the Rolling Stones was amazing. It was so cool because I... Did we, I, I can sign as I'm sneaky, I guess. I've always been that way. And I was with some friends. We were in the, we had the pretty good seats, but not like fantastic seats. And I just said, guys, I'm going to just try to go down close. And it, the SoFi Stadium is like a f- giant five deck arena. And I think we were on deck two. And so I'm like, let me just see what I can do. I'm going to wander. So I end up wandering. I go into the, I find where the crew elevator is. And I go into the crew elevator and I'm like, hey, what's up, everyone? Yeah, what's up? How's it going? I'm Aaron. And we're talking, I'm talking to the crew from in the crew elevator. We go down to the floor. They get out with like their things for the state. I don't know what their, whatever their stuff was for working there. And I get out and then I just walk into the floor area where the like, so I'm on the 
field, the floor of the of the SoFi Stadium, and they are checking uh, wristbands. I think special wristbands, and I just hold up my arm and wave to the person, and just keep going, and then I make friends with these this couple, Hugo and I. I forget his wife's name. And we're just talking for a bit on the stage. The Stones are like, they've played probably three or four songs, five songs. And we're hanging out. And I had a Dodger hat on. And he's like, dude, the Dodger game today was really sad. It was, we lost at the bottom of the ninth. Everyone there was watching the game right before the concert. They have a lot of TVs. So it was really sad. And we were talking about that. I'm like, we're going to do it, man. We're going to still do it. And he's like, well, come hang with us. And so... I follow them and like they had these seats that were six rows from the stage and I just go with them and I'm all of a sudden six rows from the stage for the whole concert. Like Mick Jagger, I could see, I could like read every wrinkle on his face and it was wild. (laughs) So I watched the rest of the concert six rows from the stage and it was a cool experience. Like, it was a way better. I mean, the, those seats were like five thousand dollars a pop. Yeah, and I just was there. <laughs> were you having anxiety the whole time that the additional seat that you are now occupied with the the owner of it was going to come by and just like kick you out? No, because I did something that I think everyone should do on this show. This is a, this is an advice. This is a self help show. We're going to call it the self hopeless show. So, I believe that what you do in predicaments like this is immediately make friends with everybody. So everyone around me, I ask them all, hey, do you want me to get you a drink? How's it going? This is so fun. What's your name? I introduced myself to the whole area so that everyone was homies. We were all like in this, we were in this together in this area. So like if someone had come, I think they would have said, oh, just scoot down a sec. Like they wouldn't have done anything because we all became like, a Rolling Stones crew really quick. So Dude. I wasn't actually nervous at all. I was just uh, like, let's make friends quick. Aaron, make friends now. Let's of be buddies. course, of course this happens to you. Like literally, <laughs> of course. Um, that's <laughs> it was fucking fantastic. Um, so uh, I did you post pictures from up close on your Insta? I think so. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I'd had a few iced teas. So I posted stuff. I don't know which ones I posted. Yeah. I don't remember close ones. I only remember far ones, but maybe I just didn't see the follow the, yeah, but um, I'll post, I'll, uh, I'll put more up. I'll put more up as though I'm at the show again today. I'll put some more up or I'll just send them to you. Well, I I think the lesson of the story here is, you know, because I might, maybe I apply this when I go to see the strokes at the forum next week because tickets, you know, they are so goddamn expensive. Um, for the strokes, uh huh. But they've been going down. Like they're down like seventy percent than what they were two months ago. Their show's been rescheduled twice already because um, of COVID. Um, and I've been I've had the date marked in my calendar for over a year. No, I guess since the last time it was rescheduled. So I'm just like waiting, watching tickets. I'm just gonna buy when they get cheap. But yeah, they it, do because people get freaked out. And they yeah. every like most tickets go down in price these days. Oh, here's how close I was. Oh, oh, I saw you post that. I thought that was from the Jumbotron. Holy no, that was shit. me just next to them. <laughs> that is out of this world. And the show was good, though. The Jumbotron, yeah, the Jumbotron was further than them. 
Like that's taking a picture of the Drumbotron wouldn't have been as good as that. That's how crazy it was. <laughs> yeah. But the show was good. It was awesome. Yeah, they they crush it. Like they still jam out the person who replaced Charlie Watts was really good drummer. It's very sad they do a great tribute to him. And they have yeah, it's just it's it's such a well-oiled machine. And they it seemed like they were really excited to be in Los Angeles and do the show and they play like it's just every song is a famous amazing song. And they played Gimme Shelter, which I think is my favorite Stone song. Yeah, Painted Black. They did Wild that. Wild Horses. They did mm. Wild Horses, which yes. was the request, because fans get to request a song or two. <laughs> and so the request that won most votes was Wild Horses, which was good. Oh, and amazing. yeah, it was, a, it was a great experience, man. Uh, so the moral is don't get COVID when you're about to go see the Stones. And then you can have a cool Stones experience. So yeah. I don't have hope to give you for your COVID on that front, but you'll have fun. No, with the no. I'm, I got it through you, through your experience. But why don't we go into our first topic? And man, it is a big one. It's huge. So Alec Baldwin and the set of rust and everything that went down with that. So the first thing we've got to say as this is all, you know, more and more is being learned, right, as we go, as the moments pass. But the first thing we have to say is Helena Hutchins, who died on this set, being shot by Alec Baldwin because the prop gun had a bullet in it. Uh, I feel terrible for her husband, her kid, and the fact that she was a cinematographer on this film and got shot is... So, so sad. I have many people I, I know or friends with knew her in some capacity. And everyone is saying that she was a wonderful person, uh, including our, uh, our producer, Tim. He, uh, he has uh, had hung out with her and said she was wonderful. So may she rest in peace. And what a tragedy. And then let's get, let's dig a little deeper because to me, this whole situation is massively disturbing and shows a lot of, uh, of the, of the problems in the entertainment industry and where ego money and no care for anyone, but, but power and yourself get in the way of any sort of creative process. And in this case led to death is a problem. There are a lot of stories coming out about how he was handed this gun. And he being Alec Baldwin. Yep. He being Alec Baldwin, who's been on this show, actually. Yep. Uh, episode 36 from December of last year. Yeah, you so you can check that out. That. Yep. And that's where he talks about his uh, wife being from Spain, and she wasn't from Spain, so it's interesting. So, but anyway, we were, we're always glad when we have guests on, so that was awesome to have him. So he's doing this film. He's a co-producer, and... They are doing it for an under $6 million budget financed by CAA where where they don't have a studio yet. For those who don't know, they don't have a studio to release it yet, but they're making this movie, let's say for about 4 million bucks in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I've been to where they shoot it. I, I got a tour of this area. It's cool. And the thing that's disturbing to me is this. I got sent this. I can't say who sent it, but I got sent this from someone on the set. 
they they were on the actual camera team. So they're oh, that's that's what I'll say. He wrote, the entire camera crew walked off that morning for this exact reason. Last night, we each wrote resignation letters. We cited everything from lack of payment for three weeks, taking our hotels away despite asking for them in our deals, lack of COVID safety, and on top of that, poor gun safety. Poor on-set safety, period. We wrote about this exact issue last night and walked this morning because of it. That's not in any of the papers. This is a text. That's not in any of the papers. They brought in four non-union guys to replace us and tried calling the cops on us. Only people that stayed were Helena, who's the DP, and Reed, the B steady cam op. She had a kid, man. I can't believe it. So that, and when they say they called the cops on us, my guess is that the above the line, which for those who don't know this, the higher ups, the producers, the financiers, the people, executive producers, the people who just want to make sure the movie gets made no matter what. I make movies. I was talking to Tim who and we make them, made them together. And if anyone ever complained about safety on our set or that they felt that their safety was compromised, we and they were even and go as far as to leaving the set because of safety. We would stop immediately. Like there's no questions. You just stop and you figure out the problem so that you can get to a solution. The fact that and then I I've, I've heard more that they replaced the four people who left, the four main like people who camera on the camera team who left with students in the area. Non-union students. And and, and so they left before the tragedy. Yes, they okay. did all this before the tragedy. And then they replaced them with four students. They meaning whoever was in charge of the producers. I don't know who the, but the other, the higher ups on set. And, and then, and Alec Baldwin was a producer. And then he got this, what they call a hot, a hot gun, which is a gun that's loaded. And, now we're in this predicament. I mean, they're in this predicament and we're left to say, why the hell did this happen? And I I just feel, I feel like this is just wrong. It sums up a lot of what can be very wrong about the entertainment industry and about how people just don't care about, especially people below the line, people making less and less money with less rights on set, supposedly. And... Yeah, what what do you think, Rohit? Because this is just, I mean, it, there's a lot of tragedy to go around, and just and we'll 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 tackle what was happening with. I mean, actually, no, we'll get right to that. So, the fact that there was poor safety on the set, not only COVID safety but gun safety, that is one of the, I think, that's a bombshell to me, and I think that is something that is probably it changes the scope of what people think about this because going into this show. All we know uh, on Friday, October 22nd, is that there was a gun. It was loaded with blanks, but blanks can still be lethal from a close range. No, it was a gun. Um, it was a bullet. There was, was a it, bullet was in it there. A live cartridge or is it a real car- is it, Has it been confirmed yet? Yes. Well, I mean, I, yes. I can't say more. But so yes. then that means there's some sort of sabotage, right? Negligence. It could just, because you're supposed to on a set. Before everything with, for any shot with a gun, any 
film shot with a gun. That was a bad phrasing. Any film shot with a gun. There's a like a gun expert or a former cop, someone who is there and their job is to check to make sure everything is okay. Check the gun. Hand it, make sure everything is okay before they go and film. If it's if it's at all like this is a Western from the 1800s. So if it's a real gun, which this is a you know real antique gun, just to make sure. The fact that they switched out every, these people, they weren't there, and instead there were just students who didn't know what they were doing, is complete negligence. Oh, can I read one more thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this will explain a little more. So uh, a friend who's actually he was supposed to, he's supposed to be on the show, and he probably will at some point, but uh, Michael Gross, who was the star of the movie Tremors, uh, wrote this. The death of cinematographer Helena Hutchins is both sad and shameful. The full story is yet to be told, but my 30 plus years in the Tremors franchise, and he's the gun guy in the Tremors movies, is, and other projects, has taught me that such accidents, in quotes, are commonly the result of ignorance, carelessness, or incompetence. This should not have happened. And so what that also just shows me further is it's people just trying to get the day done, getting the shoot done. And not thinking at all about what could maybe happen and why these different regulations are in place. Yeah, I mean, it's hard without, you know, having been there. But obviously this is someone that, you know, he's obviously probably knows much of these people. Now, going back to the students and going back to the negligence were the students, but they weren't placed in charge of the of the prop guns, were they? There was just, I, I believe there weren't people in charge anymore. They left the set. They weren't on set. Okay, so day. even the gun safety expert was no longer on set. No, and I also know, again, can't say the source, but there's yeah. also, uh, there had been already problems on this set with guns, with some guns had gone off, something, some things had been, had not gone as they should go with protocol with guns already. There had been gun problems, which was part of the reason in the resignation letter these crew wrote were leaving because of all these reasons, including gun safety. Yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. And maybe it comes down to, you know, I was doing, some, doing a little bit of reading about, I don't know what type of gun it was, whether it's a revolver or like, I guess if it's a Western, it's probably a revolver. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes they use, you know, you'll have blank cartridges, but they'll use what looks like a live round for the close-up camera shots when it's being loaded. Um, and sometimes, you know, you'll also have a live round if you're kind of like doing a shot looking down the, not a live round, but what looks like, what looks like it's a live round looking down the shot of the barrel. But then the blanks, you know, will look a little bit different as they're being loaded. They'll, I guess, have colored tips or whatever to make sure that they're safe to shoot. Yep. Um, but I guess maybe it was somebody that didn't take out whatever was looking like a live round that still could have some, you know, some firing power, some stopping power. Um, so, yeah, what I mean, I'm sure more details are going to come out soon, but this is really scary. I mean, one other thing is whether he was involved with the decisions or not, it's also, it's not as great a tragedy as Helena and her family. But imagine being Alec Baldwin, someone handing you this this prop and you just doing your part in a movie, you're acting, you're just doing your thing. And then you fire and you now have someone's life on your hands. You killed someone with your own hands and didn't even yep. know it and has to live with that for the rest of your life. Um, that is also 
another tragedy that I think is pretty, pretty tremendous. And then it's the question, oh, we didn't even talk about our theme of the week, which is karma. Um, and with this situation, I don't know if it's something that involves karma or not, or if that's even the right phrase to use with this. But it, Alec Baldwin is a producer on this film. And if he is a producer, that means when these people walk off set because of safety problems, he's one of the people who can shut it down or decide to keep filming. And if he decided to keep filming, which he shouldn't have, I mean, then you answer that. Yeah. And I mean, and, so, and the karmic retribution is probably going to, you know, there's, there's, you know, we're talking about already strikes that are happening in the industry that are going to be coming up. And this is just another um, sort of bit that I think is going to contribute to a big disruption in the filmmaking world and the TV producing world that in addition, because it's, 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 was it writers that are striking soon or no, I ought see, which is actually the below the line people were going to, were going to strike and they came up with a settlement, which was shocking. And then this happens. So it's like, they just figured something out and then this happens. So it's a, this is, I think the beginning of a lot more to come. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it goes to show you that unions, especially in productions play a very important role and because of regulations, because of how they understand this. And, you know, sometimes it can be frustrating to work in unions in one industry or another because of all that kind of stuff. But honestly, they serve a purpose. They not only protect the people, they protect the production. And so there is something to be said there. So horrible, horrible story all around. And I'm really interested to see how this unfolds um, over the next, you know, few weeks. In years. Yeah, it'll, it'll be wild, and I don't know if there's a hope gong here. This is just a mess, sad. So, and we don't, we do, you know, with our show, we we're, we bring comedy and fun and jokes to it. But I don't know this one. This one just feels like it's needs to just sit there for a sec, and then we uh, and then we move on because that's what we do on the Hopeless Show. And I believe Rohit, we we like talking about crypto because there's always fun stuff going on with cryptocurrency and it's it's just a topic we like as you know who've listened to the show so we have a little a little update for you that I think is fun and funny and very nice that crypto uh, bitcoin hit an all-time high <laughs> this week the price at its all-time high was $66,999. Rowan, why, why is that funny? That number is so nice. Um. <laughs> 66. Nine, nine, nine. Yeah, six, six, nine, nine, nine. Oh, that's, it's just, it's All like a 69 high. with five people. And you got two people that are just having the best time in the middle. And then like, and then there's um, just like butt munching all the way behind and around. Um, but yes, that's, <laughs> that's where Bitcoin's at. We're very, very happy to see um, uh, 
how, how well it's doing. And Doge is, you know, back up to 25 cents. Amazing. Um, yeah, are we rich think, yet? Are we, are we rich yet? We would be rich in like Zimbabwe or some shit where they're like, you know, you like literally buy like an ice cream cone for a million Zimbabwe bucks. I don't know what they call it because they're um, there. The, Zimbucks. Zimbucks. <laughs> um, they're, they're, currency just went to shit ours is going there soon too um yeah, we're toast but yeah so great six six nine 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 was the height now, it's now not it went back down but it that was its height that's and, really all that matters so let's keep going now yeah we're yeah sports aaron i heard you like a baseball team i do i do the team is called the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm wearing their jersey right now for good luck. We were down to nothing in the series to the Braves. Then we were down three to one. And then we had an epic game and are now, uh, we had two epic games. The two wins were epic. One was this Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts home run and amazingness. And then we had the Chris Taylor with three home runs, AJ Pollock with two home runs. Just yeah. the team just and everyone keeps getting hurt too. Like all like half of our team is hurt. Justin Turner's just, out. Yeah. Justin Turner's but, out. Joe Kelly is out for the whole series now. But I think Chris Taylor needs to be your starting third baseman for the rest of Dodger history because if he hits three home runs in every game that he starts at third base, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh <laughs> that's our strategy going forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just he, he yeah. No pressure, Chris. Just hit three home runs every single game. CT3. Yeah. CT3. Yeah. That's his like name. That's there it is. His nickname. CT3 CT3 three three with three home runs at 3B. Like, um, it's... That's yeah. karma. Yeah, it is. It's not, but it is. Um, it's not, but it is. It's not. Yeah. We're going to misuse karma a lot, too. Yeah. So that's our first. And then you have some sports stuff, too. So I think yeah. we're going to win the World Series, by the way. Just again. Us versus I, the Astros, we're going to win. I'm hoping to get that rematch, that third rematch, uh, or that second rematch, that third matchup, uh, right? Because that would be the third time you guys have played. Um, well, we played this year, but we didn't. But it was in the regular season. Then we World saying, Series the, once. Because you guys, they beat you in the World Series, but didn't you beat them back? No, that was Tampa. We, we, no, no, yeah, no, sorry, no. sorry. This this would be a rematch from their cheating World Series. Um, so anyway, I mean, what we didn't, what we didn't tell everyone is that. Rohit lost a lot of brain cells during COVID, having COVID. So if he slips up, just give him a break. I'm down to my last 14. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, Aaron and I were in a fantasy basketball draft with some friends this past uh, week. Um, I think it happened like 16 hours before the season started. Um, yeah. And uh, on my team, I have Kyrie Irving. And yeah. yeah. I didn't and, get that. Yeah. Aaron, do you have any thoughts on Kyrie Irving? Yeah, I, I didn't. When you drafted him, I thought it was weird because Kyrie Irving. So for those who don't know anything about this guy, he's a very, very good basketball player. He graduated Duke University. Very high, very good college. Great college. Great university. And great, the most famous basketball program around, probably that in UCLA. And so, but even with all that education, he's a well-spoken man too. He 
thinks the earth is flat. He thinks dinosaurs don't exist, never existed. They don't now, by the way, spoiler, but they never existed. And on top of it, he is very anti-vax, anti-COVID. He thinks COVID never doesn't exist. He thinks you can't get vaxxed. The problem with that is in order to play in the NBA in most states, including New York, where he plays on the on the uh, Brook on the Brooklyn Nets, you have to be vaxxed to go into the arena. And that goes for fans and players. And so he isn't playing. So right now, Rowett has him and he's just on your his bench. And he's also just a wackadoodle. So, Rowett, why, why? I mean, I think Kyrie at this point, he's, it should be Kyrie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, he's he definitely buys into the conspiracy theories. He's definitely one to um, kind of make a point just to make a point. Um, at this point, he's costing himself a lot of money. Um, and I do hope that uh, our commissioner, Brad, institutes the IL Plus so I can actually put this guy in the injured list. There's not because, a chance he will. Yeah. Because he's um, not injured. He's His brain is injured with stupidity. Yeah, it's really bad. And speaking of, there's another NBA player that's like, what are you doing? Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers, who after literally having one of the worst playoff performances for a star that we've ever seen in modern basketball history, last playoffs, um, he's like refusing to even do anything with the team. Um, and... Now he's fine. He figured out a way to get paid. Now he's just saying he's having a sore back, which you can't x-ray for. You can't do an MRI for. It's just like, they have to play him. They have to pay him. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to figure out like, you know, I think this dude is absolutely a cancer to the team, to the Sixers yeah. team. How does he play um, more? Yeah. But so, so where, where do they go from here? Like what, what happens? What, what do you do about players like this? <clears throat> you get rid of them. I think that with team sports, it's about the chemistry of the team and always the teams that win the great teams. There's a chemistry there. There's a something special there. You can't create it. You can't manufacture it. It just happens. Winning helps, but it, it just, it's a part of why a team sport is so beautiful. And someone like Ben Simmons or Kyrie Irving, I think ruins that. So I think that the Sixers should trade or release him. I think the Nets, don't have a choice. I mean, they just can't play the guy. And yeah, I, that's where my hope is. I think team is about the team. The, the Dodgers are a great example. They got Trevor Bauer. He pretty famously did not behave well with some women. And even though he wasn't convicted of anything, it some bad stuff came out. And they got rid of, they haven't, I mean, I don't know where he is, but he, they haven't, they basically got rid of him. All the team unfollowed him on social. No one came to his defense, which means it wasn't like he was popular in the clubhouse. And the team went on a tear after. I mean, they did really well after he got. He's, he didn't even get suspended. He's been on leave. So I think that's a good example of making sure the chemistry works and getting rid of the cancers in the clubhouse or the weirdos or the bad people. Now, if you're the Sixers. I wonder if it's because supposedly um, Joel Embiid, their big star. He hates they, Ben they Simmons. Said, he hates Ben Simmons. And um, apparently he started a group of like dinners before games with the team 
to kind of, when they're on the road and stuff to get to know each other. And they haven't really done that before. I wonder if you're the Sixers, by the way, you are paying Ben Simmons $177 million over the course of a five-year contract. And this year you're paying him, and he's only in year two of that five-year contract. And it's $33 million. Is it worth it if the Sixers win 55 or 60 games and keep paying Ben Simmons in the roster? But if he's used as the galvanizing figure that everyone on the team hates and they can just like make fun of him and use him as like the whipping, like the sort of like the person that you just kick when you're down. Yes. The person that you can just say, like, is that worth the, the $33 million? Uh, yes, because then they could actually win. And it's the it's like the we stand for something. We fight for what's right. We don't need you. Look. And with that, you know what I'm going to do immediately? Hope gong it. That's awesome. Love it. Then the Sixers will win. And I'm going to louder <laughs> hope gong it. That's awesome. That's a great, that works. Because then everyone has an extra passion for what's right. And we don't need this guy. Um, Great. Well, hope found. And let's move on to our debate, Aaron. Um, and oh, this yeah. I don't know is- what this is. This is about a service called Block Party. And I'd like us to determine if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Now, Block Party is a new tool from Twitter. Um, It's an anti-harassment service. Um, It's out in beta right now. But what it is, it's a service that you can use to uh, sort of like mass block Twitter users. So they can't see your mentions, you can't hear from them. And which kind of sounds like, okay, that's a bit of convenience. Mm-hmm. Now, our debate is, is this, an, oh, actually, there's a bit of nuance. You can, if somebody likes a specific tweet, you're able to say anybody that likes this tweet, even not even replies, just likes it, is automatically blocked from my Twitter. Like, they can't see me, I can't see them. Mm. Is this good or is this bad? Uh, my Twitter, my choice. I, if I were to choose, I would choose not to do this in a million years because almost all the time, unless there's some crazy, crazy person, I don't block anyone from anything. I might block comments or delete comments that people write if they're crazy, but I don't block anything because I want to see everything that's out there. So I would never use this in a million years. I want to see every crazy thing that's out there. And if it's my choice on my Twitter, no way. I think this is stupid. But if you like, if you can't handle other people's information as crazy as it is in the public domain, why are you even on a platform like this? What, to just feed your own, to just, like it becomes masturbatory. And... So I think it's really, really stupid. If you want to do that and just want to just, uh, what is it when everyone just were preaching to the choir? If you just want to preach to the choir with your Twitter, then preach to the choir with your Twitter. But why are you even on Twitter then? You're just there to validate yourself and not even hear anyone else's anything. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of where I stand for the most part. Because yes, what this only does is this reinforces the echo chambers. You know, social algorithms have literally been part of the downfall of our culture because what they've done is they've stopped exposing people to differing viewpoints. 
they've reinforced fake news that then supports their own uh, sort of biases. And then you keep reconfirming those biases. And then you saw all of a sudden we are yeah. now more polarized than ever because of the social algorithms. And as a result, the news media has turned to absolute shit because of that, because now they're incentivized to be more polarizing, to then show up, have a greater chance of showing up in the algorithms. On top of that, news media has now been cut down to clickbait and headlines, even from proper, formerly proper news sources like the New York Times. Everything is now about rage bait and clickbait and just reinforcing the polarization of people and topics. And it's really, really bad. And this, what this does is this now takes it to a whole nother level because that was all being done, done based on the server, on the platform side and those really secret algorithms that, that people can try and figure out, but they don't really know. Now you can create your own algorithm and you can just completely block yourself out to anything that, that exposes So what's you. good about it? So here's, I think, what can be good. And this is my argument for, and maybe we can workshop this, but if you're able to create tweets that you get lots of people to like, that could be polarizing. Yeah. And you constantly seed these tweets that people from that are both polarized and said, like all of a sudden you start to have uh, lots of voices that are silenced. And if you have lots of voices that are silenced and more and more of their silenced, it ruins Twitter. Oh, right. Okay. Can this, can this be what we call, accelerationism and accelerationism is like voting for dictators or all that just so you can for quick and hasten the downfall so you could start the rebuild sooner so could we use block party to create troll posts from both sides that then all of a sudden <laughs> at like it just causes all sorts of people to get blocked all over and then in the end we ruin twitter and then in the and as a result save the world so yeah. Yeah, I think this will this could be the downfall of all the misinformation and all the idiots and all the trolls and everything and then we what you just came up with is how we save the world. Except we didn't come yeah. up with block party, but we're talking about it, so we're basically the reason for it. We're going to use the block party to destroy the block party. Yeah. Well done. All right, I agree Thank with you. that. All right. <laughs> I'm into that. I'm into that. Uh, let's hope. Go, let me. Oops. Ow. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes I drop my things. Here's the hope gong. Ready? Alrighty. That's a good hope gong. That was cool. I like that. Then we're going to save the world. You just took something that I just thought was awful and made it good. That's why. That is why we do this show for the thousandth time. We do this show to save society and to figure out the biggest problems in the world and fix them. And we just did. Well done, Rohit. Well, but, and by we, I mean Rohit. I didn't do anything. I just complained. I mean, that is, yeah, that, this is why, this is why the show works. Um, and I, are, are you ready to get dark Aaron for our, with our second topic? Like this is, and, war, and warning, not just to you, but to our listeners, are all you guys ready to get dark? Because this is going to get, this is going to kind of be messed up. Uh, I'm raising my hand. I am. I am. I am. Okay, great. Uh, Aaron speaks for everyone else. So let's get to it. Aaron, are you familiar with Killware? 
Well, I mean, when I put on clothes, I wear them and people say I kill at it. <laughs> well, it's if you're familiar with obviously the term software and then after that malware, right? Oh, is now this something like kill that kills your computer? Kind of worse. So one of the biggest uh, fears, you know, that people had with hacking was, hey, what if people are hacking to my identity and steal my identity, right? Legit thing that happens every day to millions of people. Then, oh, what if they steal, what if they hack into my bank account or my crypto and they steal my funds? And that's legitimate mega fear that everyone should have. That's not what we're talking about here with Killware either. Um, huh. What Killware is, is the use of hacking to kill people. Okay. And what? This is something. Yes. So there's a couple ways that this can happen. One is sure we're going to have more connected body and all that kind of stuff that's a little bit further down. Right. But what Killware is, and actually the reason it's becoming kind of topical right now, is because we have petrochemical plants, we have water treatment plants, we have nuclear facilities and um, lots and lots of places that are all connected by the internet. And most of these use really secure intranets, right? That have firewalls and many layers of security and all that in order to access it. But there's no such thing as an impenetrable uh, system. And so what this article um, and MSN was talking about, and it's, it's, it's that right now, one of the biggest fears that we kind of need to have is, um, is this idea of killware um, based off of a cyber incident that very fortunately did not succeed. Um, and it was about the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack in April, um, where if you might remember that, it was um, that resulted in lots of long gas lines at the gas stations for yeah, cars. Of course. Um, and that was based off of a cyber attack. So if, if and that cyber attack okay. was just a fraction of what could what could be done to literally bring a nation to its knees. And sure, that was just gas, long lines of gas, high gas prices. But that's just a, like that's just a hint of what can be accomplished with killware. And so what I'm feeling a bit hopeless is is that over the past few years, there's been declassified and documented instances of Iran, Russia, China, wow. all penetrating various elements of critical U.S. infrastructure. And the U.S. has not been able to take any action because there's been no actual action. It's just been shown and that they've even admitted, yeah, we were able to get into your systems. This hmm. is the future of our national security. And it's not just foreign agents we need to worry about. It's domestic agents. Um, so my new fear... Yeah. I thought my greatest fear was getting trapped in air conditioning ducting while on like a spy quest. Um, <laughs> that is now, terrifying. Yeah. Now it's killware. Um, we are no longer safe. Nothing is sacred. Help find some hope. Uh, yeah. So whenever there is a killer, they can be killed. We've seen it in movies. We've seen it with viruses. We've seen it with countries. When there is a killer, they can be killed. I believe it is time for Killware to be killed. We are going to figure out a way to stop Killware and kill it because all the bad guys always lose eventually. And in this case, Killware is the bad guy and everyone who uses it and is doing it is the bad guy and they will be killed probably by Keanu Reeves and John Wick. <laughs> that might be our only hope. I mean, there was recently, you know, in this article, it talks about... Um, 
that in 2015, an Iranian act- hacktivist group claimed responsibility for a cyber attack. Uh, two years earlier, they gave it access to a control system for a dam in the suburbs of New York. If they were able to get through, they could have just opened the dam and flooded out and drowned that entire suburb. Um, and there was another one where an attack at a water treatment facility um, where, middle, middle, uh, where a malicious actor attempted to change chemical mixtures to unsafe levels as part of the water treatment process. Um, but an operator detected those changes and corrected the system before it affected the water supply. But these have all been caught by people and something eventually is gonna get through. And then, yeah, and, it's in, and someone's not a killer until they are. How do we stop them from even becoming a killer? How do we stop that? And that, that's the scary part. I and maybe we can't get hope from this, but I'm just like saying, man. Like, I feel hope that people have stopped fear. it. I feel hope that okay. people have stopped it. Even this, the show, our hopeless show. People could have killed this show. They could attack us, kill our show, and we'd be ruined forever. But they haven't. Yeah. So yeah. If they haven't gotten to us. Then you know, we're at the top. So maybe. Th- Maybe we could do a coordinated Twitter campaign through both usage of uh, yeah, block party uh, <laughs> as well as, you know, maybe we get some people to cancel the killware people and just, <laughs> we'll just get them off. We can't, the one thing we want to cancel is killware. Is killware. <laughs> cancel but culture yes. killware. So I don't know if we found hope yet, but at least I think you start to scratch at it. Maybe it's a people solution. You know, maybe people are stronger than programs. We'll see. Um, and, um, but regardless, yeah. man, I hope everyone is, at least I also feel hope that now I'm not the only one that's going to have sleepless nights that I share this pain with other people that everybody that just listened to this episode. Wait, yeah. baby's crying man yes so is your co-host all Um, right well let's go let's go to i'm gonna hope gong it too because we figured out some stuff there and so let's dive into some tv because i know we we always do this section hopeless tv about media and tv that's that's hopeless and uh i believe you have a couple things to talk about before we go toward the end of the show I am. We finished eight episodes of Only Murders in the Building over the past couple of days. That's how many. Thank I've you for the reco. That's how many I've done. And I, th- and I think that episode ten. I'm guessing. I know the finale aired this week. I have not had it spoiled for me yet. Um, but since we're both through the same amount of episodes, and we don't want to spoil it for our listeners, um, let's offer some cryptic reactions, Aaron, thus far. Um, and I'll start. First of all, you are spot on with Steve Martin short, um, <laughs> and. Seeing those two, seeing their chemistry together on the screen is really, really great. Um, I think Martin Short just plays just like a dramatic kind of guy. So like a theater guy. He is the theater guy. I can't be yeah. a theater guy. Um, and all the cast that's in the show, like there's Jan from The Office, but she's also Jan in the show. Pretty yeah. Great. Um, they didn't and- change the name. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Steve uh, Martin is this is this uh, amazing like he had a, his moment he was in it's like he's Matlock or something he was in this one big show a long time ago and that's the thing he still kind of does even in real life a little because that's all he knows for solving crimes is being what is it uh, Bosch or something like that uh, uh, Brazos Brazos 
Wait, no, that's yeah. porn. That's a porn company, man. No, that's Brazos. But Brazos, B-R-A-Z-O-S. Is uh, him. Like the street in Austin, Texas is him. Yes. So I've only heard of Brazos. I don't know, really know what it is. Right. You've never been to this yeah, site. Yeah, I have content blockers on my internet, you know. <laughs> you were you've <laughs> never been to that site last night. No, 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 no. No. It's it's yeah. <laughs> I thought Bukaki was all about cake. Bukaki. Yeah. Same. Uh yeah, so so okay, so keep going. Cause I think you're I don't I don't want to give okay. it away for people who haven't heard, listened watched the show. But yeah. I'm so glad you like it. This is giving me hope because Yeah. It's and everyone's a good actor except Selena Gomez. Yeah, she's I don't I totally get her, but I don't get her either. There's like even before the show, I'm like, why? I mean, she seems like a nice enough human, but like what the fuck is her like I don't think she's like like some bombshell looking person. I don't think she's a great I don't even know one of her songs and with reason because I don't think any of them are must have made it to pop culture. She's also not a great actor. So like how does she score Justin Bieber? I don't get it. That was when they were that was a long time ago. So I think they were both pretty big at that moment. What I don't yeah. get totally is why she's one of the biggest social media people on the planet. I don't get her lore, her is it lore? Her no, her, her appeal. Appeal, her lure. Lure, not lore. Allure. Her allure, not her appeal. Wait, yes her appeal. <laughs> Damn it. See, I got COVID twice. And so my brain's I have six left. So I don't remember words. But her appeal, I don't quite get. She's cute, you know. I don't quite get it. But what's interesting in this show, because she's almost always in scenes with Steve Martin Short, it, it works because she's the the kind of straight, flat one who doesn't. Yeah. Who just. Yeah, so I think it works in this show. I just think there's so many other people that could have played that role. Yeah, like, you could have. Maybe, maybe she's contributing to the viewership. Maybe it's just that because she's got such a huge fan base. But I don't I think could. she's ruining the show. But no. it's just like they could have cast her way better, I think. Um, but Yeah, but it's still a fantastic show. So that part. It's really good. It's really charming. And that one episode, there's one episode, not spoiling anything. There's it's 36 minutes or something and there's not one spoken word in the entire episode. It's brilliant. It is yeah, absolutely like, brilliant. About like 5 minutes into it, I was like, are they going to try and pull this off? Is this what they're trying to do? And then it kept going and about t- maybe 15 minutes later I was like, "Oh wait, they still haven't said a word yet." And then I'm like, then like I was like cheering for them like, "How many ways can they say things without speaking it?" And um, yeah, they did it. And this does not spoil anything. It's just a really impressive episode of TV. And so I agree. I think that episode, when I watched them, oh, this is going to win a lot of Emmys. That episode is yeah. going to crush. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you have another hopeless TV. Well, I mean, this wasn't really, this is more hope, but. It's, it's kind of hopeless. So as I'm a big, big Dune fan, I read the first five books, you know, all the way through Chapter House Dune, uh, God Emperor Dune, Children of Dune, Dune. I forgot the number three book, but um, um, I know there's a couple after six and seven I never got to because once you got past Chapter House, you're like, okay, I'm kind of done. Um, but uh, been very excited for this movie, a couple years in the making. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go see it tonight. 
um, with also a couple other friends that are just have been just anxiously also awaiting this movie for a long time. Um, and then I get a notification. It's like, oh, Dune is out now. It's an HBO Max notification. Watch it in the theaters or on HBO Max. I'm like, oh, I thought that they were going to give some time, some time separation. Because in order for this to get greenlit for its much needed sequels, because it's a big epic tale to tell, they need to have box office sales. And it's like, can it get green lit if everybody's just watching it on HBO Max? Um, so mm. that that I know that's a t- topic we talked about before. I don't know if we need to revisit it, but it's right now it's very bittersweet. I'm so excited the day is finally here. Um, but sad because I'm like, oh man, what if people don't watch this? We're gonna go see it in IMAX in Century City, which is you know a great theater and a great screen there, um, great sound, um, and a lot of people can be watching at home, probably on their laptops. And you're like, oh, man. I'll give you some more hopelessness. What if, as I've been reading a little bit, what if Dune isn't very good? And what if, the hope for me is what if it just isn't very good and it warrants no more movies? Because... Probably the bigger problem now that you actually mention it. So while uh, we solved, possibly solved one, we had a bigger one. But because I, mean, I, I've, uh, yeah, I, I've read some things that make me think if you don't know the books really well and you're going just to watch mo- a movie, people have some issues with this film. I won't say I mean, more. The, I mean, just the casting that was so on point from Oscar Isaac, you know. As playing Duke Leto to the way they cast Lady Jessica and Duncan Idaho and you know and everyone even the way they capture Baron Von Harkonnen and hell even Timothy Chalamet as um, as uh, as Leto uh, not Leto as sorry as Paul Atreides call me by um, your dune yes call me by your dune I think the casting is so spot on. Zendaya as as Chani or as they call her Chaney which is bullshit. Um, so, uh, cause I've always just read it as Chani, uh, C-H-A-N-I. But anyway, um, that's really dick of them, Chaney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, um, oh, I, I, I'm coming in very optimistic and I hope okay. as a loving book reader, as long as it's true to the books in the sense that it, it represents their intention, not necessarily go scene by scene, but it represents like kind of like the conflicts. I mean, it's kind of about, you know, the battle, like American imperialism is kind of the the topic of the story. Um, so I'm really interested to see that. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So I'll report back next time. If episode. someone's going to like but, this movie, it's going to be you. So if you don't like it, it's screwed. Yeah. Yes. All right. So expect the full review next week. And I think with that, Aaron, we are getting close to wrapping the show. Um, you've got a couple things, right? Well, there is a big one. There's one big one. Our favorite band, our favorite group, BTS, the K-pop band. We just don't know their music. But we love them. Had a huge bit of drama, which I just find interesting. And I wanted to share that with all our fellow BTS army members, that they are changing. Um, it's wild, too, because the people that they're their music group is people who distributed they're part of people who distributed our our movie tar orchard but the bts is ending their their music deal with sony and orchard and they are joining the warner uh 
music group. I mean, not the Warner, sorry, the Universal Music Group. And it's because they were not getting along. They felt that the head of Sony Music didn't care about them enough, which is just mind-blowing to me because this is the biggest selling act in the world. So yeah. I I just find things when these types of things happen fascinating because how do you screw up a thing when it's like a hand-fed thing that you you just keep rolling with it? This is a... As we talked on the show, they're worth like $5 billion. Like they're getting complacent. Like, cause sometimes you're like, oh, that's a cash cow. Let's just keep milking it and let it moo in the pasture and we're good. But like what they have is they, right now they have a K-pop band that's big, huge hits. They need to start making them into more than that. They need to start like making them like literally like actors and clothing lines all of that and you know like and so you said that they're leaving columbia records yeah it's like a bunch of them it's like the orchard columbia sony and they're going to universal i can't well, find the name of the UNG. head of it but so guy i'm yeah i mean you gotta be pretty you gotta and it's not like they just left suddenly i'm sure there was warnings i'm sure their agents were just like dude they need more opportunities but hey Good for UMG. Um, and um, that's, I mean, that's wild. That's a big deal. That's, I'm sorry, that's like messy, you know, switching clubs, or that's like, you know, like anything like that. This is a global sort of icon or icons that are leaving to um, go to another thing. And I think the whole reason that they're so popular is because of you and I, because the moment we started promoting BTS, they got way more popular. And then the yes. fact that Sony got complacent while we were in charge of making sure that BTS's popularity grew. I mean, I'm pissed. I'm actually pissed at them. I think we kept BCS popular. We kept them afloat. And I'm happy that our efforts were were not for naught and that they're going to get a fresh chance. So if UMG wants to uh, reach out to us, need any help, I'm sure we can find a couple hours and uh, just talk to our people. Talk to our um, people. Yeah, we'll we'll, ske- we'll schedule yeah. on t- Tuesday afternoons. Yes, works best. And 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 we and we'll probably if they need us to have you know one or all the guys from the band on, I think we can probably squeeze them into one of our future shows. Yeah. In, yeah. Yes. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. We will. Yeah. So it depends on how calendars work. Yeah, calendars. So we're I'm I'm only available to interview BTS 365 days out of the year. <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I think I think I'm aligned with that as well. Okay, cool. Um, okay. Hope in 60 seconds time. Yes. Boom. Get the timers out. And Aaron, I'll start off. And for new listeners, this is where Aaron and I talk about a hopeless topic and try and find hope for it all in 60 seconds. And I am going to start. And according to uh, the Chinese Communist Party, um, they are now banning reporting by any news outlets that are not directly funded by the Communist Party. Um, and this means like BBC's banned, the Canadian Broadcast System's banned, and, and, uh, CBC's banned. And so pretty much if, if the Chinese Party has not approved it, it's also private media is banned. So it's only state-owned media that has Communist Party approval on specific topics are allowed to publish anything. Help find hope for this. Oy, oy, oy. We have to, uh, 
China. <laughs> you have 10 seconds. I love Chinese food. Okay, and that's time. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe this would have been a better for a longer form topic. Maybe I'll bring it back up next week. I might have given you a bit. This one might have been a bit too hard about solving the problem of censorship from a fascist, totalitarian, communist <laughs> dictatorship that has imprisoning people and killing them, um, harvesting I, their organs. And, I do and like raping. Chinese food. I do like it. Yeah. I like Chinese food. Chinese food is possibly top three cuisine on the planet. Um, so, Oh, and here's yes. one thing, one bit of advice. Instead of living in China, I recommend that everyone who is Chinese go to Epcot Center and go to the Chinese Pavilion where you'll get the best of the culture <laughs> without yes. all these problems and you can post things and do all that. So everyone just start moving to Epcot Center. Even though there's nowhere to, it's extremely, live it's there. it's an extremely authentic representation of mainland China. Um, yes. yes, in its truest form. Yes, yes. There we without go. the CCP. Um, okay, let's move on to our other hope and sixty second topic. And Aaron, this one is yours. And go. Lyft released sex assault data. Lyft, the rideshare app company, re- released sex assault data showing that 360 rapes occurred on Lyft during a three-year span. And there were 4,100 reports of sexual assault and 10 deaths. Uh, they, wow. Yeah, find me hope in uh, in rideshare apps. Okay, you didn't throw me an easy one either. Um, well, I would say maybe the hope here, and this is actually, oh, this is something interesting. So a lot of New York City taxi drivers are going out of business, declaring bankruptcy. There's even suicides there because they cannot pay the medallion prices back because Uber has and Lyft have pretty much taken away that their business. Um, so maybe this is the return of the taxi driver. Maybe this yes. is a return of that industry where there's more accountability. Um, and yeah. There you go. We want cabs back. We want cabs and back. I never, thought, I never thought I'd be saying those words, but here we are. And now we get to wrap up our show. This has been an epic one. We've figured so much out. We have one submission to end the show. It's from Anonymous. They didn't want their name used. Who lives in Anaheim. They wrote, I need money. I feel hopeless. Row it. Figure it out. Well, Anonymous, thank you for writing in. That... You know, it's funny. There's, there's, I saw this meme where someone's like, oh, they say money can't solve problems. And then the response was like, bitch, it'll solve every single problem I have. Every single problem I have right now comes down to where I am in terms of income and what I can afford to live my life. And I don't think we've seen a greater class divide in recent years than we have in the past, you know, since I've been alive. There's disparity between the upper class and the middle class, the middle class is eroding. Things are going to, you know, right now it's the, what it costs 10 times more to buy a house than it did, uh, like 40 years ago or 30 years ago. But the minimum wage has only gone up 
like three times or something like that. That's and so bullshit. it's 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 insane. And a lot of that has to do with big sort of like corporate corporations buying homes. It a lot has to do with Russia, China, Middle East foreign investors buying up all the property with their wealth um, and then just renting them out. Really uncool shit. Um, so. And as well as just overall inflation, because our country is useless when it comes to try and balancing a budget or even just trying and stopping inflation. Um, now, this poor anonymous person that is writing, I don't mean poor in the sense of economics, because you may or may not be, but just like poor in spirit. Like, yeah. I, I feel for you. And if there's any way to bring you hope in this, yeah, is that I think we are hitting a precipice or we're on the precipice of, of, of an actual class revolution. And, and I think that's the good thing is it is coming from both sides of the political aisle. And while right now everybody is so fucking focused with identity politics and all that shit, what it's being lost is class. And I'm looking in a lot of the places I spend a lot of time online while people may vehemently disagree with this social policy or that where there's commonality it's always coming down to class where there's commonality it's coming down to the fact that our government our elected officials and our businesses have screwed us absolutely screwed this country yep and i think what you have looking ahead of you is is not an immediate solution but imagine this a united front of people on the left and the right fighting together for class and oh man that is the hope i can give to you and the more you can involve yourself with it the more you can involve your friends with it and people from both walks the better chance we have of trying to fix this absolute hellhole of a financial world we've gotten ourselves into so aaron i don't know if you have anything to add or if you feel if you buy that or what, i do but. i have one thing to add and it's a song to end our show. Because I'm Aaron, the Aaron Wolf on social media. You're Vohit Faroit, the number four in the middle. We're the hopeless show on all social media platforms. We got a write-up. You'll check it out on our social media. We got written up. Great article about our show. And can't wait for everyone to read that. With that being said, I have one answer to what you just said. It's a song which will play us out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here it comes, here it comes. Imagine all the people Thanks everyone for tuning in. Imagine oh, cool. Yeah. Imagine imagine John Lennon's words actually coming true. <laughs> everyone have a wonderful wonderful week and stay positive, stay hopeful, and we really really look forward to catching up on the next episode of the Hopeless Show. With a very and Aaron, special guest. We're only 
Yes, with a very special guest. And we're only a few more episodes away from episode 69. Just want to remind everybody in 69 watch. Um, <laughs> all right. Have a wonderful week, everybody. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Rogue, it's a hopeless show.